Greetings, this is Yasha Ben Israel for the Yasha Ben Israel Terry Whitfield Podcast Show. And I have a good one for you today. Yes, because this is the show where we talk about the things that people don't like to talk about and or the things that they don't want you to know. Uh, In this episode, I'm going to talk about things they don't want you to know because it would disrupt their whole social fabric order right here in this heathenistic society. And I'm also going to talk about things that people don't want to talk about because when we talk about these things, we will recognize how wicked, how deceived, and how ungodly and how heathenistic we really, really are. We'll see how wicked and how heathen we really, we really are and how far from God we really, really are. Today's topic of discussion will be Hazuna. H-A-Z-U-N-A-H. Hazuna. Hazuna is from the root word Zana. Okay? Thus, this episode will be entitled Sexual Crimes, Sexual Sins, Sexual Deviancy. The Hazuna is the sexual deviant because he broke the Zana laws. The Zana laws in Hebrew are the biblical Old Testament laws that governed sex. It governed sexual activities and sexual relationships. I repeat, the Zana laws are the sex laws of the Old Testament. And it regulates who we should have sex with, when we should have sex, how we should have sex. This may be a two-part, maybe a three-part episode. I have to go in on this. I have to go in on this because the African-American race can't find a connection with God because they are sexually deviant individuals. Heathens, Yahweh lawbreakers, Yahweh criminals. For the word kata is sin in Hebrew, but it also means crime in Hebrew. And if you are a sinner, you are a criminal. The white man society don't think so, but I'm here to tell you, if you are a sinner, according to the Hebrew thought, it's only a matter of time that those sins are going to manifest into crimes. I'm going to further demonstrate to you and teach you what these laws are, the Hebrew Zana laws. I'm going to teach you what they are. And I'm going to show you the importance of why you should follow them. And if you don't follow them, what are the consequences on this earth? Long before you die. I'm going to teach you about the hells that you put yourself into by the breaking of the Hebrew Zana laws, which makes you Hazuna, the pervert, the whore, and the sexual deviant.
<laughs> oh, I can't forget to add whoremonger to that. <laughs> and because I have to cover the whole scope of the Zana laws, I may even break it down into individual, the individual law itself and just make a whole episode on it. Sometimes uh, the law is so precise that it really doesn't need a whole bunch of expounding. So I may mix two or three of those laws into one segment, okay? But I'm hoping to get this done within a two or three part episode. I'm in my office now with my library, so I have a couple of texts, a couple of scriptures, a couple of different translations. And I also have, uh, uh, most important, the Hebrew, uh, that from translated, uh, uh, the, the Hebrew text I have, I have the King James text, and I have a Catholic Bible that was translated from the Septuagint. So I have three different texts. I actually have about 20 different texts, but I'm going to use these texts here to bring forth my exhortation. So let's get, let's get started. Uh, I think the tactic that I'm going to use, the strategy that I am going to use is to go from the Tanakh first, okay, and I'm going to go from that because that is the original Hebrew thought, and then I'm going to go from the uh, Septuagint, the Catholic Bible that was translated from the Septuagint's thought, and then I'm going to use the King James last which is the more modern thought, the modern Anglo-English thought. And I'm going to show you how these thoughts deviated from the original Afro-Asiatic black thought, Hebrew thought, to the modern-day heathen thought, English thought, Christian thought. And even the thought of the English fool, or even English intellect, which is the same, because he is ignorant of the original Hebrew thought. The, he, uh, the Hebrew thought is the original thought. And these are the lenses that you are to look through. This is the scope in which you should see things when you're dealing with anything dealing with the Bible and the biblical text. Now that I got my premise out the way within 10 minutes, I'll have say, I'll say I have had, I'll have had saved a little bit of time. All right. Excuse me, people. I have a stuttering problem. I'm, I'm pretty much like the Levitical priest, you know, like Moses, you know, I'm I am tattooed. And I'm also, I also have a, a stuttering problem, okay? I'm not going to call it a problem as much as an issue. But let's dive right on into this. Now let's get into the preliminary of the text. The text today that we will be studying will be 
Deuteronomy 22, and I believe uh, Leviticus 18, or was it 17? It, Leviticus 18, all right? Yeah, that's it. Mind you that I'm always freestyling because I got my works available. They right at hand. I'm going to make this quick. Freestyling is good because freestyling is allowing Haruach, the spirit, to breathe. You know, it's allowing, the, the, it's allowing God to go, you know, without any preparation because the preparations could be dangerous. And they also and they also can be gracious. Okay, let's deal with Deuteronomy twenty-two. And I'm reading from now the Hebrew JPS Tanakh. And don't worry, you have a Hebrew student, a very good, good student. Here to help you. An A student. <laughs> Maybe an A minus, because I'm a bad boy. We got rid of all of the prelims in another 10 minutes. Let's dig right into this. Deuteronomy 22, JPS Tanakh. If you see your fellow's ox or sheep going astray, do not ignore it. You must take it back to your fellow. If your fellow do not live near you or you do not know who he is, you shall bring it home. And it should remain with you until your fellow claims it. And it is then you should give it back to him. You know, you should not want things that do not belong to you. You know, and this is important because, especially when it comes to just anything, you know, especially a man's woman, that's most important. And that is one of the, uh, I have to Throw that out there because the most important re reason why I'm reading this is to talk about the Hebrew Zana laws. Okay. Uh, let's get back to the text. Okay. Uh, verse 3 says, you shall do the same with his ass. Back then it was talking about a donkey. And even now, we are going to uh, 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 use that as maybe like his farming tools or anything of uh, uh, that belonged to him. You know, basically, uh, you shall do the same with his garment. And so too shall you do with anything that your fellow loses and you find. Specifically, let's focus on your friend's woman. A woman that belongs to another man. Specifically, because she is his. She is not yours. And any woman that have her after that, it is only his turn. And never his woman. The text go on to read. You must not remain indifferent. For anything that your fellow loses. And that you find. 
going down to verse 5, it says a woman must not put on man's apparel, nor shall a man wear women's clothing. For whoever doeth these things is abhorrent to the Lord your God. We're living in a day where more than I have ever seen in my life. When I was a young man, I remember in the community, <laughs> uh, I was living off of, I remember twice it happened over in the Riverside area of Detroit off of East Jefferson back in the, I would say, late 70s. And later on in the early to mid 80s, I saw it over in the Black Bottom. Okay. I remember, but I'll just, just sum it up. I remember a time where back in those days where if you saw a man dressed up in female apparel, it was considered Hazuna. He was considered Hazuna, the sexual deviant. Okay, because that goes against the norm. It, it, it deviates from the normal social accepted standard of human sexuality. It is perverted. Okay, for a man, it was a man, I remember seeing an old white man, the older white man walking through the neighborhood. It was a man, he had a beard, everything on, he had a dress and a purse, you know, and he's just walking through the neighborhood, and he had, and it was crazy, and a hat, and I thought it was the craziest thing in the world, I couldn't have been maybe 10 years old, maybe, maybe even a little younger than that, and I remember my teen seeing uh, 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 all of the time back then, it was an older white man that had the nerve to do such a type thing. You didn't see African Americans uh, uh, in the 70s, in the 80s, that had the nerve to wear feminine apparel. Okay? Or clothing that was effeminate. Okay? And in both cases... I remember kids, little kids, picking up checks, nuts, and rocks and throwing it at this particular person and chasing this person out of the community. I don't know whether he was a plant. I don't know whether he was coming in there to try to rape some little kids or kidnap them or what. But as a kid, I knew that when you saw something like that, that is abnormal, that is perverted, that is not natural. And something is strange about that person, that, that situation and that person. What I'm saying that as a young man, without Years of biblical indoctrination or, or anything like that. Somebody new to the planet. Just to my perception as a little young man. That was strange. And it was because that was a breaking of the Israelite and Hebrew Old Testament biblical Zana laws. And... I would think about how men dressed, even in the 1980s and the late 70s, you, you, you had men wearing pants and tight pants and stuff like that. And, but 
what you what people fail to realize is that I guess for whatever reason that is how pants was wore, you know, fitted jeans. You know, the the, the fitted jeans today is not nothing new. It was so that's how people wore their pants originally. You know, it, the the loose fit jeans came much later with the NWAs and the Easy E's and the khakis. You know, and they that also brought in the sag too as well. Okay, so, but the loose, and I have to say that because in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 60s, especially, women, it was not a comfortable thing for women to wear pants. Women wore them, but women that wore them were rebellious. Even women in wearing hot pants and stuff like that, those women were like outcast, like rebellious. They were doing it as an act of rebellion. No matter how comfortable they was, they knew deep within their hearts and their minds that that was not an accepted behavior. They were doing it being revolutionary. Okay, nowhere in the history of the world have you ever seen people wearing hot pants. Those were that those those were women that were sexual deviants, and they were deviating from the normal sexual norm because women was not allowed to wear pants pretty much in America. Period. I remember when I was a kid in the seventies, girls wear dresses and skirts and stuff to, to to school. Okay, if you don't believe me, look at movies like What's Happening with Raj and Rerun. Dee always had on a dress, especially when she was young. And as the show got older and progressed towards the latter end of the 70s and the early 80s, she began to wear pants and stuff like that. And she grew up into her teenage years. And and, and mind you that, that, that things were beginning to change at that time from but in the 20s the 30s the 40s the 50s and the 60s women was accept it was not accepted i don't care whether you was religious or not for women to wear pants okay in Amer- and that's here in the united states of america Okay, and that's just the reality of it. So you can't look at like those old Run DMC or Curtis Blow outfits where them guys had on the tight clothes and all that. That was pretty much just, I guess, their weird, crazy fashion, you know, but because even at those days, it wasn't really, really still accepted, especially like amongst religious people that women wear pants. The Pentecostal church, it was a big sin in the Pentecostal Christian church for women to wear pants. At the church that I was raised in, if you was if a woman was seen outside the church with pants on, she would have got excommunicated from the church. And this is Christianity. Okay. I'm speaking of Christianity that I grew up in, in in the in the seven and all throughout the seventies and 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 a large part and all throughout the eighties. Things didn't start to change until uh, the late nineties, the mid to late nineties. Okay, but all throughout the eighties, the seventies, the sixties, the fifties, the forties, the thirties, it was very unaccepted that women. Wear pants because pants was create jeans itself was actually created for workers that worked in the mines, got miners, and you know those were working pants. Those jeans was actually created by the Levi Strauss company by miners. Thus, that those were clothes that the miners wore. 
Okay, this is why all of your overalls and coveralls, if you look back at history, they always made out of blue jean fabric. Blue jeans didn't become a, a, a sign of the sick, a, a sign of a fashion until the 60s with your James Deans, you know, and, and your Fonzies and Happy Days and stuff like that. Then jeans start becoming a thing, a, a, a fashion. Okay, in the seventies, the eighties, you know, the, uh, all throughout the eighties, just the jeans just took on a became the forefront of 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 wear. Okay, people didn't dress. I mean, eighties, the eighties, blue jean material. Just the eighties and the nineties just was so revolutionary with blue jean material that blue jeans became an everyday uh 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 a everyday staple in the community. As far as clothes, you know, go. But even as the time change and the paradigms have shifted, there's still things that are accepted that a man should wear and things that are not accepted uh, 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 that a man should wear. And there's things, vice versa, for the female. Okay, today you're seeing guys dye their hair. Men never dyed their hair. You know, not here in the United States of America and and what is no really need to talk about what happened in Africa, especially when you have people. If you just want to just dye your damn hair because you found out somebody dyed their hair in Africa, but don't want to take on the rest of those cultures and aspects of those societies, okay? Because you're just using that as a scapegoat, an excuse. You know, to be perverted because in this society, men never dyed their hair. You, I, I would just be honest with you. For a long time in America, men that had long hair was considered effeminate and gay and stuff like that. Okay? You know, I mean, you listen to songs like even in white societies, you know, Beastie Boys, when they were singing in that song, You Gotta Fight for Your Right to Party, he said, his mom said, You gotta get out of my house if you don't cut that hair. <laughs> you know, I mean, men, it was, it was never really, really accepted. If you look back on all of the old, old television shows, you didn't see uh, masculine men with long, long hair. The really, the long hair really didn't start becoming accepted in the male society, you know, until the Michael Jacksons, the Jerry Curl era. Because prior to that, the only men that had long hair in the African American community was either a homosexual or a pimp. And neither one of those were accepted in the black community. They were like outcasts. You understand, both of those were considered a sexual deviance and perverts. So today you have guys that got the long dreadlocks and the locks. You know, I, I mean, myself, I've had the curls and the locks. I've, I've, I've had all that experience, but I didn't dye it. Okay. Uh, so guys today are putting dye in their hair and they're dyeing their locks. That is an effeminate... But the old standard and, and uh, 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 accepted standards, that was considered a, a, a sexually deviant act, okay? That was considered perverted or a gay or a homosexual, you know? Uh, and, and, it, and it's been like that throughout the history of America all up until the modern Me Too era, Okay? 
You see guys now that got all kind of colored dyes in their hair, and a lot of those guys are sexual deviants, if not all of them. Okay? So, so even if the fashion changes, you know what I'm saying? You know, and if the, the paradigm begins to shift, you know, there will always be garments that are for a woman, and there will always be garments that are for men, okay? And it's just as simple as that. And, and no matter what the trend or the, the modern fashion fad is, uh, 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 women should wear feminine clothing, and men should wear masculine clothing, okay? And, that, and it's just clear-cut. Any, according to the Hebrew Zana laws, for any of the genders to cross over in any way is considered a breaking of the Hebrew Zana laws. And in English, that is interpreted as the breaking of God's laws. Because this is the core of the belief system that created Christianity, Judaism, and Al-Islam. Next on the list of Zana laws, we'll be talking about sexual copulation, cohabitation, marriage, what is expected before marriage, and what is expected during the marriage, and what is expected, you know, just completely during the marriage. And, and, And even after the marriage, we'll begin to talk about that in some of the Zana laws as well. Okay, but as we slide on down to verse, uh, this is an important verse, and I'm going to explain it thoroughly. Okay, in verse 13, it reads, a man marries a woman and cohabits with her. Then he takes an aversion to her and make up charges against her and defames her, saying, I married this woman, but when I approached her, I found that she was not a virgin. Why would he take a virgin to that? Many of us today, if not all of us, live with the woman that she wasn't a virgin when we first walked when she first walked through the door. Okay? And most of us are content with it. We don't have a problem with it. And some of us don't even think that is wrong or could have ever possibly been wrong. Okay? Nothing could be further from the truth. And the reason being that we're not playing house. The problem is is most of these kids grew up in these dysfunctional families and communities and grew up playing house and and, and y'all know what I'm talking about because if if y'all don't know what I'm talking about Nate Dogg could have never got rich off of let's play house okay y'all know what I'm talking about all right and y'all know exactly what he meant by that okay and he you know where that stemmed from and where was that intended to go okay it basically comes, it stems from the playing of house 
as little kids and a game that uh, 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 mostly males instituted and the girls agreed, you know, uh, 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 and they're playing a house, basically a game to find a way to end up having sex or at least trying to, okay? Nothing different than you spin the bottles and your uh, true for dares and uh, how go get it and hide and seeks and all that crazy crap. But no matter what game that you played as a child, you were not expected to be having sex as a child. Okay? It was not accepted. Uh, an accepted or social standard that you leave your mother's house and go live by yourself. That was not the norm. When you left your mother and your father's house, when you left your mother's and your father's family, the bait, okay, you left as a virgin. And you were to leave entering into a marriage. Okay? That is how the Hebrew order and standard was. Anything other than that was unacceptable. Anything other than that was what we call in Hebrew zanot. Notice a zanot is a conjugation of the Hebrew word zana. Okay? I'll explain zana, zanot, and hazuna. You know, in much more detail a little later. So it was expected that when a young girl, especially, and a young man, when young, it wasn't no such thing as, oh, I'm just tired of my parents, I'm ready to get out, I'm ready to go move out, I'm too old to be here, I'm finna go out and stretch my wings and fly away. That was not a part of the Hebrew culture. Your parents raised you to get married and to start a family. One of the greatest benefits and powers of having sex was that it built strong families, strong friendships, strong communities, and a strong race of people. These standards permeate in the idea of Christianity and, and, and Christianity, Judaism, and in Islam because in all three of those religions, even unto this day, is considered to have a, a, be a sin to have sex before marriage. That stems from the Zana laws, okay? Because today, there's a lot of things that has happened in the shift, excuse me, the shifting of paradigms, okay? And when, once the paradigm shifts, and it shifted several times, you know, the sexual deviancy creeps in and becomes stronger and stronger as the people become further and further away from God. So I have to explain to you why would the text read of a man taking a virgin to such character and behavior that was considered sexual deviant 
which was considered uh, uh, a lazanot, you know, lazanot, you know, uh, uh, sexual deviancy, to be sexual deviant, you know, today is an accepted norm, okay? But still, you no matter how normal that the heathenistic society has accepted it, we still have morals. They lost their morals. We did not because our morals is already established. And it's established right here in the text. So, so that you can't deviate from it. It reminds me of a scripture that says, Study to show thyself approved. A workmanship that need not to be ashamed of. Rightly dividing the word of truth. And this is what the text is recorded for. It no matter how, because the word don't change. It reminds me of the word of Thomas Whitfield where he say, the grass withereth, but the word of God never changes. The word of God is not changing. It is a strong tower. And no matter how much that it is accepted that a woman enter into marriage as a non-virgin, it is not holy. It has never been holy. And it has never been an accepted a standard in the eyesight of the Holy One of Israel, El Elyon, Yahuwah Eloheinu. I am not here to allow you to believe that what is happening today is accepted before God, because it is not. And this is the reason why I am here giving this message, because because of the fact that I don't have a following, okay, because I am not anybody's designated leader, I am just a preacher, one crying in the wilderness, so I don't preach proactively, I, pre I preach reactively, when I preach and I teach, I teach as a reaction to the negativities and the wrongs and the degradations that I see every day and that is trying to be passed off as something good and or a thing to follow or envy, want, or desire. For surely there's nothing good to come in the breaking of these laws, there are consequences, and I will dive, dive off into them. And the further I read, the deeper I'll dive off into it. Let me proceed. So, let me proceed, and let me reread that so you can get a better understanding the second time around. And a man marries a woman and cohabits with her, then he takes an aversion to her. He lived with her, and then all of a sudden he, he, he started feeling some kind of way about her. And then he began to make up charges against her, and he defames her, speaking bad and wicked about her. You know, she's a whore, she's a slut, she's not a virgin, you know. Saying, I married this woman, but when I approached her, I found she was not a virgin. In such case, in such a case, the girl's father and mother shall produce the evidence of the girl's virginity before the elders of the town at the gate. 
And the girl's father shall say to the elders, I gave this man my daughter to wife. But when he has taken her, an aversion, when he has taken, excuse me, I have given this man my daughter to wife. But he has taken an aversion to her. So he has made up charges saying, I did not find your daughter a virgin. But there is the evidence of my daughter's virginity. And I'll read that again. And, and the man, I, I married this woman, but when I approached her, I found that she was not a virgin. And in such a case, the girl's father and her mother shall produce the evidence of the girl's virginity before the elders of the town at the gate. And the girl's father shall say to the elders, I gave this man my daughter to wife. But he has taken an aversion to her. So he has made up these charges saying, I did not find your daughter a virgin. But here is the evidence of my daughter's virginity. And they spread out the cloth before the elders of the town. The elders of that town shall take then, uh, shall, the, the elders of the town, town shall then take the man and flog him and they shall find him a hundred shekels of silver and give it to the girl's father for the man has defamed the virgin in Israel moreover he shall remain she shall remain his wife and shall never have the right to divorce her. Now, in this story, it is talking about a man, he married a woman, and for some crazy reason, he just start tripping and start thinking that this girl was not a virgin because the virginity was prized. And, uh, you know, when he's talking about the paying of the hundred shekels or whatever, that was the price. Uh, they're talking about he basically had to pay a dowry in order to get her, and this dowry basically was a reward, you know, for the father taking care of his daughter, seeing to it that she stayed chaste, and that she stayed uh, 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 young, and pure, and holy, and, and, and a virgin, until the day of her marriage, okay, basically, that's what it was, that's what the dowry was, okay, so, because this man went to the woman, and she was a virgin, okay? And what happens is that once they get married, the, on the first night that they have sex, the woman is to wear a robe, okay, a white robe. And this white robe, as he sleep with her, as what they call in slang in the hood, the breaking of her hymen, the popping of her cherry, she begins to bleed. And the blood from uh, uh, that... Uh, the blood uh, from the breaking of her hymen, is, it leaks down onto the white robe, and that robe became the evidence of a woman's virginity, okay? And this robe is that garment 
that the text is talking about when they're talking about the evidence of the virginity. Now, might I add you, he, he had a good reason to act that way because there were slick women even back then, even in Israel, who were not virgins and, and who knew old tactics from the heathens, you know, or how to put things up inside of them that breaks and leak like animal blood or whatever, you know, in certain type of some type of rapage or something, maybe some super stretched out intestine or something. I don't know. But they had ways of doing, putting stuff up in them that when she had sex, it would it would come off as though she was bleeding. And they would use that as a, a, a evidence, with a, 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 a false evidence of virginity. And they would use that in deception. And this man may have had concerns of that, you know, or he just may have been concerned that she just was not a virgin, period. And he needed that affirmation. And because they that affirmation, they was able to present the evidence of her virginity. Then, because she was able to... Uh, 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 they was able to present the evidence of her virginity, the man was just... Just, 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 just uh, hollering, uh, being crazy and, 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 and insecure. And his insecurity cost him to have to pay the dowry again. Okay, so it is a breaking of the Zana law to enter into any marriage for a woman. This scripture said nothing about a man having to prove any evidence of his virginity. We can't act as though it did because the scripture was not talking about a man or the, or the the man is to ask for the evidence not of of virginity not to produce the evidence of the of uh, of virginity the production of the evidence of virginity comes from the woman and her family because they were supposed to secure the, the virginity all right so it is a it is a, a, a it is a, a sexual deviant who enters into any marriage in any way non-virgin even for those who come into the Israelite faith the only way that you can enter into a marriage a inter a Israelite marriage and not a virgin is that you have to prove your sexual track record. What I mean by that, you have to have a, a divorce certificate or you have to have a death certificate. Other than that, you are not allowed to enter into any marriage a non-virgin. It is not lawful. Period. That is la zanot. So for these Israelites who are marrying these non-virgin women and swearing up and down that this is their woman, then that man has been seduced and exploited out of his Mickey Ficky mind. And I'm going to show you the consequences of what is to happen in that day and even in this day. When you enter into a relationship, a, a sexual relationship for a female not to be a virgin. 
because the man will take aversion to her. You got to understand that this woman in the first in this first demonstration was a virgin. She was a virgin and the man took aversion to her. So you think men is not going to take aversion to a woman's sexual past? You out your damn mind. That man is lying to himself and he's lying to the woman. Then you got inside the house of Israel and, and these women getting married. There's not virgins. And then you got the men marrying them, lying to himself. And then he want, he he's so in love with the thought, he want to lie to himself a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth time. And have four or five of these illegal wives. These are not your wives. You're lying to yourself. You're lying about a Hebrew culture. And you're lying in America because you can't have multiple wives in the United States of America. So she's not your American law, and for you to try to blame that on Hebrew is sexual deviancy, according to Deuteronomy, the 22nd chapter, and the 13th verse. Now that was 13 through 19. Now we go down to verse 20 here. It says, but if the charges is proven to be true, the girl was found not to have been a virgin. Then the girl shall be brought out to the entrance of her father's house. And the men of the town shall stone her to death. For she did a shameful thing in Israel. She committed fornications. In Hebrew it says she committed a lazanot. She was a sexual deviant while or playing the the King James Version says played the whore in her father's house, which means to commit fornication while under her father's authority. Why is that? Because the Beiti in her father's Beiti. The Hebrew text reads, uh, how does that read here? I'm going to call it, see if I can find it. Pointed out. Okay, I found it. Okay, it says in the Hebrew text it reads, "Nabala by Israel, Nabala, Excuse me, Nabala by Israel, Lazenot beat, Abiot." Basically, that means right there where it says. Uh, Lazanot Beit Abiot. It is basically said that she was uh, uh, she was committing fornication, or she was playing the harlot in her father's house. You know, uh, uh, and when okay, when when they say uh, Lazanot Beit Abiot, that is to uh, uh, to commit fornications in her father's house, but. Uh, 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 Beit Abiot Abia uh, is father and Beit is house which means the father's house and the father's family which means that he was the head of the house the Abba, Abba the Abba Beit you know the Beit Abba okay Abi, uh, uh, the Beit Abia in her father's Abi is father Abia is her father's house Beit Abia uh, uh, La Zanot Beit Abia, 
which is to play the harlot or to commit fornications in her father's house, in her father's authority. But if the charges is proven to be true, the girl was found not to have been a virgin, then the girl shall be brought out to the entrance of her father's house, and the men of the town shall stone her to death. For she did a shameful thing in Israel, committing fornication while under her father's authority. Thus ye shall sweep away evil from your midst. Clearly we see here that that was considered a shameful act. I'm sorry for having to keep reading it, but I have to re-illustrate this in your minds so you can understand that entering, having sex in your father's and mother's family, in their home, under their authority, was considered lazanot. It was considered hazun. You have become the sexual deviant. You have become the whore. You have become the pervert. Because you're going against the sexual norms and the sexual standards that were set up by the original Israelite patriarchs and monarchs. And what you have done was gotten so accustomed to this American way of life that you think that this is the way to go. So when we're looking at brothers like, let's say guys that's, that, that's practicing polygamy like Brother Tazariak and Brother uh, Polite. As you can see now, it is all on the news and everybody is talking about how Polite is claiming to have four wives who he is not legally married to. So these are four illegal wives. They are not his wives. No matter how much you designate these women as your wives, there is no law. There is nothing in no moral code. There is nothing in no Bible. There is nothing on no Egyptian wall. There is nothing in no Sumerian tablet. There is nothing in no African folklore, myth, or legend that supports this lie that you take a non-virgin woman and that woman becomes your woman. Or women. This is a reality that you got to come to grips with. And this is why I say if you didn't take that woman's virginity, that's not your woman, that's not your girlfriend, that's not your wife, she's just your turn. And truthfully, before she dies, somebody else is going to get their turn too after you, just like they did before you, my brother. Because you don't understand the principles of the Zana Hebrew laws. Okay? Let's go down to... Uh, I'm going to make some juxtapositionings of some text to, to paint a picture of what is considered the breaking of Zana law and how it is accepted in this wicked, heathenistic society of today. Okay, now if a man, go to verse 22, if a man is found laying with another man's wife, both of them, the man and the woman, with whom he lay shall die. Thus you will sweep away the evils from Israel. If a man was sleeping with another man's woman. Now, what is a man's woman? A man's woman 
If a man took that woman's virginity, then that woman belongs to that man. No matter if she don't want him anymore, or she break up with him and go be with 10, 20 other women, other men and women, you know, because that's the way the society rolled today. She still belonged to that man because that man took something. That man took her. He took her. He took something from her that can't nobody ever take in this goddamn world. And that is he broke her hymen. He took her virginity. And she belongs to the man who took her virginity. And the scripture said that if a man is found laying with another man's woman, then both of them should die. So if a woman knows that she belongs to another man, in any shape, form, or capacity, and lay with another man, then both of them die. Now, if a woman lays with the man, and he don't know, but she does, then she dies. Okay. Now, going back up to the 21st verse, where it talked about how it was a shameful thing to enter into a marriage. The scripture talked about how she com uh, she c committed lazanot, you know, she played the whore in her father's house, in her father's authority. She committed adultery in her father's authority. So to play the harlot in your father's house, as the King James read, is the same thing as to have sex or commit fornication in your father's authority. This is why your father, she is to go to, the man is to come to the father, and pay the father, and the father is to give the, the, the or even in, in, in most old marriages, it was the father that, that, that gave the daughter, or gave the groom the ring, or whatever, and he placed it on the daughter. Okay? Now, they got the best man doing all that. And then now the best man is the same man that's sleeping with your wife. Because you don't know the proper order of things. Now, considering that when we're reading this text, we got to have cultural context. And the great, because of the fact that this is not an Israelite society, that we live in today, we live in a very heathen society, and if any of the laws of Israel are ever practiced here, it's going to be practiced by the Israelites, okay? But because this is not an Israelite society, okay, the chances of you finding a virgin or anything like that is, or would be like finding a needle in a haystack, and I'm talking about as to marriage, as for marriage, okay? Uh... But in going to verse 20, uh, uh, 23, it says, In the case of a virgin who is engaged to a man, if a man comes upon her in a town and lies with her, uh, you shall take the two of them out to the gate of the town and stone them to death. The girl, because she did not cry out for help in the town, and the man, because he violated another man's wife. Okay. Basically, in this particular text, and how that is in relation, this is the text that a lot of people talk about that God allows rape. 
you know, because he's talking about, in, in the case of a, a virgin, you know, going into a town and a man, uh, 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 the scriptures, the Hebrew text says if a man lies with her, but the very term for, for lie in Hebrew has been mistranslated for rape in other scriptures. But it is basically talking about that if a woman that is a virgin, pretty much, in any particular case, you know, because uh, 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 the cases just don't change. If a woman is a virgin, okay, and a man takes her virginity and she's unwilling for this, you know, uh, that, that is a rape, okay? And he is taking, he's raping her of her virginity, okay? And she is to go, it, 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 you know, basically if a woman is caught having sex before marriage, Okay, she is basically her, she is basically to be stoned to death. You did, and and it's just simple as that. There's no no way around it. So in the event that she let's say she is caught having sex or came up pregnant or anything like that, the only way that she could have been excused excused was that she had cried rape. You know, she had to go to the elders and say, "Look, this man took my virginity from me." Blase explaining the third. And what they would have done is that whether, it, you know, it, basically it was set up in such a way to where if this man took this woman's virginity that the system forced this man to marry her. You know, almost like back in the day where if you was caught having sex, you know, men didn't, the fathers didn't like that stuff. And if you, and even in this society, if you got a girl pregnant, that man's father, was was coming for you, and you was going to marry that girl, or that man would kill you. And that that's, was something that was very strong in the African-American community, especially down south. Okay? So, this is basically talking about the conditionings of a woman not being a virgin, and reasons to have, uh, to excuse uh, 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 her non-virginity. Now, if somebody had raped her, you know what I mean, and took her virginity, which is commonplace right here in the United States of America. Lots of females have, uh, I've, I've met more, I mean, many, many females that I've gotten real intimate conversation with have told me how they have been molested and raped as a child growing up and being molested, and mostly by members of their family. People that you know, and, you know, and that's because there's usually no father in, in the house, you know, or the father is so wicked and so turned out and so perverted. You know, you can get a, a turned over to such a reprobated man, you know what I'm saying, to where, where you're just gone. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the sexual deviancy just takes over your, your, your whole being by way of your mind. It makes you think what you're doing is good, right, and accept it. When it's really, really deviancy. So it says, in the case of a virgin who is engaged to a man, if the man comes upon her in the town and lies with her, you shall take the two of them out to the gate of that town and stone them to death. You can't stone nobody today. You can excommunicate them and you can preach to them and teach to them why what they're doing will not is not accepted and will never be accepted. The girl, the girl, because she did not cry for help in the town 
and the man because he violated another man's wife. See, you going around here putting your your your, your penis inside of women. That that woman is is potentially to be somebody else's wife, man. You know what I'm saying? And and, and it's sad that that like the words of Houdini in the song "I'm a Ho becomes everyday common life. You know what can I say? That's the life I live. Not how is your wife and my kid? You know that's that that's shame. It is a shame for a woman to marry a man and have to put another man through that type of degradation. Surely that's what it is. And if you don't think so, then you have been turned over to a reprobated mind. Yeah, he said the man going to get it because he violated another man's wife. You know, and why? Because they say, thus we will sweep away the evil from your midst. You know, they was good at sweeping the evil up out of Israel. You know, you, 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 a real Hebrew Israelite don't feel comfortable around that mess and that foolishness. But if the man comes up on the engaged woman in the town and the man lies with her by force, only the man who lie with her shall die. But you shall do nothing to the girl. The girl did not incur the depth the death penalty. The girl did not incur the death penalty. For this case is like that of a man attacking another man and murdering him. So when you're sitting up here talking about that the Hebrews and the Israelite God condone rape, this is a lie. This is a total lie. Because our text says that if the man comes upon an engaged woman in an in a open town, an open city, and, and he lies with her by force, only the man shall die. But see, and this goes back to what I'm saying now. Now this man is dead. He raped this woman. He took her virginity. He took it by force. You see what I'm saying? Because there wasn't no such thing as you just get, you, you had to have an excuse and a reason for having sex in Israel. And if you wasn't, if you wasn't another man's wife, then you had no reason to be having no sexual encounters in Israel. And if a man felt that he wanted to just take it, you understand, you know, and he felt that he just wanted to take it according to the, according to Deuteronomy, what's that, the 25th verse, that, you know, that this man is supposed to die. Leaving her as a woman who's been violated and, 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 and can never be a man's wife. You understand what I'm saying? She only can be a concubine. And that is, this is a prime example of what they mean by women, by Israelite law, that were unfit for marriage. You know, our texts tell us that when a man forcefully takes sex from a woman, that is equivalent to a murder. So, no, the Israelite God does not promote marriage, nor does the Israelite text. And this is why I like reading from the Hebrew text, because you can't play these stupid type games. And that's why I would like to debate anybody to show them that the Hebrew text doesn't read anything foolish like that in verse 27 it said he uh he came upon her in the open in the open though he engaged the girl cried for help there was no one to save her and he's talking about how he raped her and molested her and got away with it but he is going to die he's going to die because the israelite law states that he is to be stoned to death they was going to kill him now 
We talking about, see, there was no such thing as premarital sex because, see, this is what happened if you think you just going to get you some pussy <laughs> and you got caught, okay? In verse 28, it says, if a man comes upon a virgin who is not engaged, who a woman who does not have a man, and he seizes her, meaning he takes on to her and lie with her and have sex with her, he seduces her, you know, and have sex with her, uh, uh, and they are discovered doing it, the man who lay with her shall pay the girl's father 50 shekels of silver, and she shall be his wife. Uh, they going to force you to marry her. This is like what I was trying to tell y'all. Like I'm talking about back in the 20s, you know, the 1930s, the 40s, you know, and, 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 and even in the 50s, you know, they didn't play that stuff. You go marry a young lady and you get this woman pregnant. If she had a father in the house, that father was going to make you marry that girl. You know what I mean? You know, so it wasn't no you just going to get you some free pussy. It didn't. That, that concept was not allowed in Israel. Period. Because he has violated her and she can never have the right and he can never have the right to divorce her. You know, so yeah, if you call yourself out there just sneaking to have some coochie, you know, you can never have the right to divorce her. She can go cheat on you, she can do all kinds of stuff and you because you did it wrong and you cheated on the father and God and try to be slick, no matter what that woman do, you ain't never got the right to let her go. That's Hebrew law. Now, if that's up under that specific, particular scenario. Chapter 23. No man shall marry his father's former wife so as to remove his father's garment. If you ever wanted to know what it meant by uncover a, father, a father's nakedness, that meant to sleep with your father's wife. No man shall marry or have sex with his father's former wife so as to cover so it is as to uh, remove his father's garment no one who tests or crushes or whose member is cut off shall be admitted into the congregation of the lord so all y'all who had sex changes and all your bruce jenners <laughs> Those who are, no one whose testes are crushed or whose members, anybody whose penis and balls ain't there, is messed up or something like that that's been cut off, and he can't be no Israelite. His penis all fucked up and uh, he can't be no Israelite. And I'm saying in the sense of, of due to some gay or homosexual activity or um, like you wanting to shave, cut your penis off to get a sex change. or Once you done did that type of stuff, you can't even be admitted back into the house of Israel. See, but this is where the Israelite movement differs from Christianity. Uh, uh, you can come and get saved and born again and, be a, and that thing can enter into the church, but it cannot enter into the congregation of the Israelites. As you can see, the Zana laws were strict Hebrew laws. And it tells you there that a man should not sleep with another man's wife. Do you know the distrust that that causes in a man? Do you know how that damages a man to find out that the woman that he loves, that he invested his time and energy in, is sleeping with another man? 
to be in a relationship and having sex with somebody else, a woman, or a man having sex with a woman that he knows that is sleeping with another woman, all of that is the breaking of the Hebrews honor law, okay? And you see this type of activity prevalent around you every day in the United States of America, all day, and they flaunt it, and they actually does it because they don't know the truth about God and the word of the Lord. Uh, verse 23 and 3, No one misbegotten shall be admitted into the congregation of the Lord. None of his descendants, even in the tenth generation, shall be admitted into the congregation of the Lord. What they mean by misbegotten, they're saying the mamzers. You know, the offsprings of an adulterous or incestuous relationship inside of the house of Israel. Bastard children, you know, the, the children of, of, of a bad sexual uh, uh, law-breaking activity, they're not allowed inside of the house of Israel. 